find for yourself something that you do every single day mm. that you put as a trigger for you to know that you need to breathe deeply and to come back to the present moment. Hi, and welcome to the Waking Youth Podcast. How are you feeling today? I feel excited to introduce you to my next guest, Diogo Fonso, my dear friend from Porto, Portugal. In this very unique and long conversation that I decided to divide in two parts, um, we explore Diogo's story. Uh, Diogo has a background in history, spirituality, as well as tarot. Um, and in this first part, we, we focus more on his story and some practical tools that have helped both of us live more connected lives. So if you're curious, I invite you to join us and let's dive in. I like to begin my conversations by expressing the ways in which my guests inspire me and remind me to make sure I'm not sleepwalking through my waking state. Every time I meet you, Diogo, I feel like I learn something new. You motivate me to question what I previously took for granted. You inspire me not only because you're a gracious walking encyclopedia, but also because you're a generous, kind and delightful human being. So thank you for being you. Thank you for coming today and welcome. Thank you for receiving me. And that's a lot of uh, responsibility, but let's go with it. When I met you, actually here in my place exactly. uh, through a friend of a friend but let's not get there uh, yeah. that's a whole different story okay. i remember you were studying history at the time yes you were true. in a relationship it's true and right now i know that a lot of things happened since then mm -hmm. including you spending some time abroad If I'm not wrong, you went to India, to Barcelona, to some places in Italy as well. Um, and Greece. And Let's Greece. Let's not forget about Mother Greece. And Greece. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, you're also not in a relationship anymore, or yes. at least in the same relationship. I will not get in, in detail, don't no, worry. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you decided to pursue a career as a tarot reader, mm -hmm. uh, full time. Mm -hmm. If I'm not wrong. Okay. Yes. Walk us through your story a little bit. What happened uh, since I first spoke with you? And okay. can you let us know who is Diogo and where is Diogo now? Okay. So Diogo right now is accepting uh, the way life uh, is leading me. I'm giving up on making too much plans and trying to force myself into um, a storyline that is more accepted socially that is more common more mm -hmm. uh, easy because yeah throughout my life i was always in contact with spirituality and always always mm -hmm. always and <laughs> that's deep mm -hmm. that's deep um so 
right now I'm accepting the calling. <laughs> because it's not that a saint came uh, from a bush and they told me that I have to do this. It's just like life is leading me there. <laughs> so let me interrupt you there mm. and ask you... Um, was spirituality a part of your life from the beginning because you always felt that inside of you or because you had some kind of guide um, introducing you to spirituality and, and, and helping you and giving you some, some terminology for you to use? Uh, it was more natural mm -hmm. than that. Uh, because, yeah, because my family, um, even though they were Catholics, mm -hmm. um, The, my mother's side of the family, they went to psychics and uh, mediums and all that, the, mm -hmm. that kind of people mm -hmm. and tarot readers and all that. So as a little child, I was around there playing with it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it, wasn't that a contradiction with a Catholic um, background? It was a contradiction, mm -hmm. but the Catholic uh, church, even though it is a very... It has a very dark side. Uh, it has a good side, at mm -hmm. least in my experience. That is, uh, right now it's not as rigid if you don't follow it as yes. rigidly. So it was like their Catholic approach to life was going to Mass on Sundays and confession once in a while. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> But the rest was more free. Mm -hmm. They were not reading the Bible all the time and all that. Mm -hmm. And if you look into some psychics and mediums, and if you look, for example, from some Afro-Brazilian religions, uh, with which I had contact with, uh, Candomblé, Umbanda, Umbanda uh, mm -hmm. specifically, is a religion that uh, mixes Afro mm. tradition with Christian tradition and it's um, a mixture mm -hmm. of it. So the psychic had a cross on the on the table where mm -hmm. he did the readings. Mm -hmm. So it was like it didn't felt as far, you know, from what I was experiencing on the traditional uh, religion. Mm -hmm. It felt an integ integrated mm -hmm. part of it. Uh, and very different at, at the same time because in in the uh, mess experience and all that it was very impersonal and very distant and it seemed like the divine was the sacred was far far from us and that we were there as penitents and as suffering souls um, but in the spirit approach of it we were taking part of the sacred mm -hmm. and I was a little child and I was playing around mm -hmm. and no spirits uh, gave me, uh, you know, some kind of reprehension for behaving badly. I could be myself. And at another part, I, I don't know, to give an example, uh, the, um, uh, the lady that worked at my grandmother's house. Mm -hmm. She always said that she had never seen a child with five years old mm -hmm. uh, with so much wisdom. Mm -hmm. So I don't know exactly because I was not there, <laughs> you know, but it's like people always um, appointed me some kind of wisdom that I didn't care about and that I didn't quite understand. 
but the counsel, the advices that I gave as a little child made sense. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because that that really uh, that makes me think that um, maybe because you had that open environment in your in your mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. Uh, and you were that wise uh, kid, maybe you just allowed yourself to connect with something greater than you, and that's why yes. it yes. flew through you. You know. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and it, and it, when I tell you that it was very natural, it's like. I was just being me, mm-hmm. you know. I mm-hmm. I was not putting some shawl and uh, pretending to be a godlike figure that comes and tells you what to do. No, I was not that. I was just being a kid. And people talk to me about mm-hmm. things, about real shit. Mm-hmm. I can say the word, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, they talked about it, about deep stuff and dark stuff in their lives. Okay, so you mm. have you come from a spiritual background. Your yes. family is very accepting of this. Yes. Uh, you were a very open, wise and free kid. Mm-hmm. Not your words. <laughs> <laughs> and and I met you, you were studying history. So yes. and then you quit university. So mm-hmm. why did you decide to study hi- history? What sparked your interest? And then why did you leave? I I now I recognized that I was always someone that wanted to go to the root of things. Mm. Shallowness is not uh, for me. <clears throat> I can enjoy uh, social life and the more apparent outwards talking about fashion and all that. But it's <laughs> like, it, in, in truth, it's not my thing. Mm. And I think that history is a reflection of that. Because I always wanted to understand how we got here. Mm-hmm. And like my grandmother, she's, um, she's also a teacher. She's a geographer. And we always had a relation where we were talking about the news. We were talking about the world. And it always felt like, what, what is going on here? So I love history. Mm. And I wanted to go and to learn more about these ways that humanity is taking and how did we get here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what made you quit? <laughs> uh, so what made me quit was... Because I also know that you're obviously mm. Tarot, an occult history enthusiast. Mm. So is that related? To your yes. decision? Yes, of course. Uh, part of it, it's uh, a lack of focus from my part. Uh, that now is not a problem with the tarot because I'm focused. Um, but uh-huh. in the history, it was a problem. It was a problem to deal with um, kind of a schooling education mm. system. Okay. That for me, it's mm-hmm. a huge no-no. Because going to a place where you feel like you know nothing. And okay, you can know nothing about something, but treating you as a non-valid person about the subject and the teacher will talk about the matter as he wants. It's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. please don't. And yeah, I, I went through uh, some experiences in, uh, in, in faculty that didn't please me as, as much with uh, 
teachers dismissing completely the history of the East, uh, dismissing completely acupuncture that is a very well recognized nowadays uh, Chinese traditional medicine and a valid way of therapy. And of course, they were uh, dismissing something mm -hmm. with a very pointed kind of uh, opinion mm -hmm. and behavior. Mm -hmm that I didn't feel comfortable to be there. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel comfortable. And, and was it an easy decision? Or there was a no. lot of soul searching in there? Uh, Because you were almost finishing, no? Uh, yes, I was almost finishing. Uh, but the when I quit university, it was like, okay, let's move on because I need to heal myself. Mm. I need to reconnect mm -hmm. with myself because... Of course, you know how faculty life can be and uh, the alcohol, the drugs, the everything. And it gets a bit crazy. Mm -hmm. So it's like I kind of lost myself in the process. And Did you the coming really of lose age, yourself or there was there also a little bit of finding yourself? There was a bit of finding and a mm. bit of losing. Mm. In the part where I overindulged. Mm -hmm. I was losing myself mm -hmm. and I was not contributing to the mental health and emotional health and do you that think, I should be working on. And do you think that was also part of your spiritual journey? That was part of my spiritual mm. journey, uh, for sure. Because Not uh, all drugs that I tried. There were some that were dispensable, I would say. Okay. But the psychedelics, mm. they were part of my journey and an important part mm. of Why? my journey. Because I feel like LSD uh, at first, that was the first one that I tried, not counting uh, cannabis. Uh, mm -hmm. But I feel like LSD has a way of turning us, uh, turning our inside out mm. and putting everything out mm -hmm. our traumas our wounds our uh, ego issues mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. so here i will ask a question um mm. there's some literature that talks mm -hmm. about psychedelics um, yes doors of perception etc uh -huh. and there's also this idea that um when we um consume this psychedelics when we take in the drug yes. we are not only getting access uh, to parts of ourselves that we didn't uh, have previously New. access to and that yeah. we didn't know, even know it was there yeah, yeah. but also that we kind of take the filters like we destroy the filters um that would connect us connect us um to the collective unconscious yes. and the To the transcendence so in your experience yes. and in yes. general also do you think that when you take when you took or when people take psychedelics um that are they're accessing themselves yes or that they're accessing both themselves and the universe or the mm. universe or it's we all the same the thing <laughs> we are the universe no manifesting okay. itself <laughs> science would say that we are Uh, X percent water that we are made of stardust and all that. So it's like, mm. yeah, we are the universe experiencing and itself. And did you have that and, uh, that belief before you took psychedelics? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, not very rational, mm. not very intellectual. I knew mm -hmm. it. I mm -hmm. just 
kind of always knew that you can call it whatever you want, if it is God or universe or life or all that. I always knew that I was that mm. and that I experienced uh, another thing that mm. was Diogo, that was the limited part of uh, my experience. And I, going back to your question, I truly believe that uh, the work of Aldous Huxley, of uh, Terence McKenna, of uh, Timothy Larry, uh, their work is something. And we should... It's spiritual work. Yes. Yes. And it's very important, you know, because I feel like psychedelics have a, a very a intense way. Mm. of putting us, as you said, in contact with ourselves. Mm -hmm. So with our light, good, friendly, oh my God, I love this part of myself. This is so good. Mm -hmm. And the other part, that is the shadow part mm -hmm. that we usually dismiss and mm -hmm. try to hide from everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, don't let them know. Don't let them know that I, I do shit sometimes. Oh my God. <sighs> It puts us in contact with those two parts of ourselves. It puts us in contact with a higher part of ourselves because, it, at least for me, I, I had the most amazing conversations in my life about philosophy and about religion and about the world and the system and the occult history and the non-occult history and everything. I had interesting conversations about it. and the understanding of the working of the senses and of the mind and of emotions and all that, it, it can be a way. Mm -hmm. It can be a spiritual mm -hmm. path that mm -hmm. you take mm -hmm. psychedelics. Mm. But I feel that as with the majority of spiritual paths, if you are doing it alone mm. in a non-healthy environment, if you are doing it just for the fun of it, you will end up, if not throwing yourself out of the window, you will get emotionally destroyed. At least for mm -hmm. me, it was what happened. Mm -hmm. Because all of a sudden, I'm connecting with things within myself that I didn't knew that were there. And I didn't felt safe to share it. Mm. I didn't have around me people that understood what I was going through, you know, and sometimes we need help. Mm -hmm. And I'll, mm. I'll ask you the question. Mm. Do you think we mm. are supposed to have access to <clears throat> such wisdom? Uh, I guess sometimes we are a bit rebellious uh -huh. and that we go there uh -huh. and we force the door mm -hmm. and we are a bit like assaulting a building that we shouldn't be there mm -hmm. just yet, just mm -hmm. yet. Because I, I think it's that. It's like psychedelics, they are not giving us anything that we don't have. They are just opening a door that we, with our egos, we closed. Mm -hmm. And with psychedelics, we go there, we open the door and... Ta-da! But sometimes I feel like we don't have the psychological preparation, the philosophical preparation, the ah, all those kind of um, support mm -hmm. and roots to make us strong and to face the devil in 
his face. Yes, we were survive. we were talking about your your story, but but I'm glad that we opened this conversation because I feel like indeed there are a lot of misconception about drugs and especially about psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you were saying, um, it's very interesting because if we talk about drugs like ayahuasca or peyote, uh, then we we can make a lot of, of conclusions. Yes. Because what you're saying, if doing it alone is not the best way to do it because people will not understand you. It can be dangerous emotionally. But yes. again, there are tribes where they integrate plants, plant medicines into their communities yeah. and they have rituals, rituals that also take in consideration the land, the people. And, and it's something that... Um, that actually helps them build their society. And we have completely um, not in- banished this, not included yeah. this in it's our... It's the witch hunts mm-hmm. in Europe, mm-hmm. right? They mm-hmm. were using herbs that I don't know the name in, uh, in mm-hmm. English. But what is the name in Portuguese? Mandragora, okay. um, Morning Glory, that one I know uh, in English. A Erva do Diabo. There were, because ayahuasca, DMT, DMT is everywhere in Mm. our bodies, in every Mm. plant, in every animal. So in Europe, witches knew how to brew. Mm. And And we killed the witches! Yes! (laughs) We did that because it's like, no, woman, you cannot have the power, you know? Let's take you from there Mm -hmm. and let's burn you and let's be done with this. But yeah, we... We too in Europe. We need to resurrect and so to... are you a reincarnated witch? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I am, maybe. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we are. We are here, kind of, to do that with our psychedelic experiences. Too, I feel that <laughs> that we are here to reconnect with something because the, with our roots. The, the Celtic people, the, the majority of the tribes that lived here before the Roman Empire, the empires, their shit. And it's like, mm, mm. they killed those traditions. Mm-hmm. They monopolized the right to connect with ourselves, mm-hmm. the, the way uh, to connect with something higher than us, to connect with nature, to mm-hmm. connect with life itself and to all parts of ourselves, because when you have to be a working, responsible member of the society, you cannot have a time to be just crazy mm-hmm. and to just discover yourself mm-hmm. and to just reinvent yourself a bit and to find something. Yes, what you're saying right now makes yep the it is it is clear that in our society in our western society we have a disconnect from our spiritual sides and not everyone Mm -hmm. even acknowledges that we have a spiritual side yes but for me it's such a it's such a an essential and obvious concept the 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 spiritual dimension of we are spiritual beings and being spiritual for me doesn't mean that we need to be religious it just means that there are deeper deeper questions that we can ask and if we go deeper in ourselves we'll understand more about ourselves and the universe of course but there's so many things i want to explore um, but but we let's not let's not confuse uh, n- no what i wanted to okay. explore was that 
Um, I wanted to ask you the question. Hmm. Do you think that you, we were talking about psychedelics and I also don't want to give people this idea that it's the only way to get there. No, it's not. So I, want to, <laughs> I wanted to ask you uh, two questions. Do you think that hmm. everyone can take psychedelics or that some people should not even get close to psychedelics? And then hmm. what, in, what in your experience are other ways to get there that are not psychedelics? Because... I'll tell you my experience and then you can you can talk about uh, your understanding of the issue. Okay. But um, from what I understand, um, what psychedelics do in a very um, easy, simple way is that your body, you have certain senses that give you that make you have a perception of reality. Mm-hmm. And when you take something, your perception is going to be altered. Mm-hmm. So chemically in your body, you're having new connections mm-hmm. uh, that will give you access, that will give you a new pair of eyes. We can put it like this. Mm-hmm. So inevitably, even if you like, doesn't matter if you consider yourself a spiritual person or not, the reality is that you'll see something different, something that mm-hmm. wasn't there when you were so Even worried. if it is the colors. Exactly. That become brighter or the sounds. And just that um, understanding, just that perception Mm. makes you understand that indeed everything is relative. And what humans see, the the glass that a human being sees is different than what my dog sees. (laughs) And is different than perhaps what a plant feels, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So we understand that everything is relative so that we have indeed several realities existing. And that makes you immediately go deeper mm-hmm. and ask deeper questions, right? But for example, when, when I started to meditate, when I started going on these spiritual retreats and these experiences, and even when I'm having a deep conversation with someone or when, when I'm writing, mm-hmm. I feel like in a way, so psychedelics bring you to altered states of consciousness. Yes. It's that what I, is this what I feel is also this what I feel when I'm meditating, when I'm having a deep conversation, when I um, even coffee alters your state yeah, of consciousness. Of course. Um, and so it is really crazy how just through breathing, for example, mm-hmm. you can understand there is so much more because indeed you get access to a new pair of eyes. Uh, and so in your experience, what do you feel? What do you think? People, there's certain people that should, shouldn't uh, access these drugs. Um, I, I think... Do you feel like they are dangerous? Do you feel like they, to some extent, they should be part of our lives? And then what are mm-hmm. the other tools that you have? Um... Yeah, you, I think when you touched um, the psychedelic subject uh, within the tribe, Mm. environment Mm -hmm. I think we can have an answer there because you as an individual you cannot say that oh I'm taking LSD tonight bye bye people (laughs) you cannot say that Mm. it's someone who is experienced in the inner world who is experience in the human experience but we kill the witches yes but the shamans not all of them and the wish the witches are here we didn't kill all of them so it's good we have some people in this world 
that are here. Okay, so let me just interrupt you there and ask that you, can help us. what is in, in your understanding, what was a witch, what is a witch? Because I feel like it it really has a bad connotation in our society. Yes. What yes. is a witch in your understanding? Is it someone that is holding <laughs> and doing potions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I feel like... I think that a, a witch is someone, a man or a woman or something else, some other gender, that is connected with himself, that knows himself as much as he can. And so he has a better understanding of reality in commas, because reality is a relative uh, mm. term, but... They understand the physical world, the emotional world, the mental world, and the spiritual world. So it's someone that has a deeper knowledge than the knowledge from books. It can be that a witch reads a book. But there is a balance about a witch. There is a knowledge, a wisdom, and there is always... A weird trait. Okay. I, well, weird because, trait. Yes, what is your weird trait? Yes, <laughs> mine, it doesn't matter. But I, <laughs> it doesn't matter. But I think that, yeah, some witches know about the stars and astrology. Some but witches... intuitively know? You know what? Yesterday I was reading, starting to read the Kama Sutra. Mm. And the author, at the beginning of the book talks about people that have uh, uh, book knowledge and that know things just by the practice of it. Mm. And it made me think a bit about my grandfather. Mm. That he is not a witch, but he loves nature. He is a farmer. And he today, in the 21st century, he knows. And he is not a very alternative person. Mm. But he knows that to grab the potatoes from the ground, you should wait for the new moon. Mm. He doesn't know why, mm -hmm. but he knows that. Mm. Wow. And it's funny because it takes me a journey to India to do an Ayurvedic course and to be set on the table. And the teacher says... So, you know, the, the moon affects the earth and affects everything and uh, the tides, uh, you might know that. But, uh, you know, in the plants is the same. So if we want uh, to grab uh, some root, for example, neem, for example, potatoes, for example, some part of the plant that grows under the soil, we should wait for the new moon because the moon has little energy. So she's not pulling the energy up to the branches and the flowers and the fruits. No, she allows the energy to be on the soil, on the ground. So we do that. Mm. That's why we do that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, some witches have a knowledge that is more rational and that came with courses, with therapies, with retreats, with all that. But I feel that the truest part of a witch mm -hmm. doesn't come with that it's just that friend that you have that can see you that can look in your eyes and immediately 
intuitively mm. know how you are mm-hmm. and it's sometimes it's the beggar on the street mm. that starts to talk to you about something that you didn't say nothing about but that you needed to listen on that time and ultimately the witch doesn't exist because it's just the universe the life it's god talking to himself Mm. through a vessel of meat and emotions and mind so i guess that is my answer (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i think that uh we as a as a western as the western part of the world as the Mm. uh outwards do stuff learn stuff you have to achieve you have to prove you have to arrive somewhere to prove yourself as a valid member of society we are always in a mindset that is like we have to do this because then i can do that Mm -hmm. and then i will do that and and then 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 i'm valid then i will have the money and and then you're disconnected and then you don't know who you are anymore and in that sense i like the Mm. eastern way of approaching humanity Mm. that is like you have nothing to prove to anyone Mm. you have nothing to do yes you have to do things yes because you are alive you have a body you have relations you have to sustain your body yes you have to do things but ultimately you just have to tune in with yourself because you have all the wisdom you have to be yes Mm. that Mm -hmm. and what you are sharing there about your grandfather Mm. is beautiful because i often think about spirituality and i know that for me uh, it is not uncomfortable for me to talk about spiritual retreats and i have no prejudice towards meditation yoga etc i don't see them as the ultimate truth and the ultimate way to access a transcendent Uh, however, I feel like it was the tool that was available at mm-hmm. this time for me to make that connection with the divine, right? Or with myself, whatever you want to call it. But it's it's so interesting to see that some people indeed connect with themselves and the universe in a natural, intu- intuitive way like your grandfather. And what for me um, might be what I call meditation Yes, it's maybe your grandfather when he's picking up the potatoes. He's there. He's there, so because that's his meditation. Meditation is about that. It is, it's about being here and now mm. and mm-hmm. freeing yourself from all the struggles, all the issues, mental and emotional and mm-hmm. all that. This doesn't mean that when we sit alone to meditate, that we don't think, we mm. don't feel things, mm. that we are transcendent beings of light it's like yes we will have to deal with our dark side we will have to deal with our mental issues with our thinking and it's natural because we are human beings Mm -hmm. and part of us is a physical body Mm. it's an emotional body it's a mental body and then it's a spiritual one and for example with meditation going back a bit to your question about the other paths 
Yes, we're still in the first question. We're still in the first story. <laughs> That's a we good just, one. <laughs> we just, my last section was spirituality, but we just, yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. flowing. Yeah, let's we're go. We're being in the present. Let's, let's, go. let's go in the flow. <laughs> and uh, g- going back to the question, it's like, yeah, of course you can, you can achieve altered states of consciousness mm. without the psychedelics. And... So when did you, I'll, I'll let you finish, but when did you feel these altered states of consciousness that mm. brought you new insights? Uh, I will have to share now mm. something that is very controversial to the 21st century spiritual new age kind of movement. <laughs> We are all free, we don't need anyone. <laughs> but for example, when you ask me, when did I feel the divine i felt the divine when i went to the countryside just a few weeks ago okay i thought you were talking about you were going to talk about sex <laughs> sex is a good one too sex is a good one too a tricky one too uh, mm. uh, we can go there we can go we and can go that there back. okay but i will countryside. give you the controversial example for example yeah being in, in nature for mm. me it's something having a, co- a deep conversation for me it's something And arriving to the point where I was a few seconds ago, where I'm, we are speaking, and I have a sense of peace that comes, mm. and that it's like no words are more needed. But we are doing a podcast, so let's go. Uh, <laughs> you know, because you arrive to that state of spaciousness. Mm. It's like, ah, even when you vent with someone. And you allow yourself to feel enraged and to feel sad mm. and to feel the sorrow and to be a, a fado singer, being a Portuguese in the dramatic sense of the words. And you arrive to the end of the conversation and it's just like... Oh. <sighs> and you are there. What, what, what more words can we say? Yeah, <laughs> what's the need of words in the end, ultimately? It's... There's no need, but yeah. But for example, another experience where I felt the divine. Uh, for me, mm. it was in a Catholic church procession. Okay, a Catholic church procession. Mm. Yes, it was on the countryside. It was in the small village in the interior of Portugal. With Everyone is very pious. Everyone is very Catholic. Like They talk shit about each other. Mm. And they are very toxic in some behaviors, as we humans can be. But in that moment, mm. we were all th- singing a song that talks about the heart. Mm. And in that sense... O coração. O coração. O coração. Coração santo, tu reinarás. So everyone was saying, and for me it was like, take the Catholic apparatus, Mm. take the religious kind of names and labels that people put there. In that moment, a village full of human beings with their egos. Mm. There were no more troubles in that moment. And everyone was remembering the importance of the heart. Mm. Everyone was talking about love in that moment. Mm. Everyone 
was sharing a collective energy that was building up towards the heart. Mm. And that for me is beautiful. And that for me is as beautiful as having a conversation with a person that doesn't have my opinion about spirituality mm. mm -hmm. and that had struggles in their lives with spirituality and arriving to the end of the conversation and having that person telling me that we just need to accept our differences and that in the silence we are all love. This said by a non-spiritual person. For me, it was something. And it was as valid as going to a, the Hindu temple, mm. a religion that I feel that today has a very um, lively approach to spirituality. Because in the end, we talk about Hinduism but Hinduism doesn't exist. There are, there are as many Hinduisms as there are mm -hmm. Hindus. Everyone has their spirituality. Everyone meditates. Everyone goes there. They just... Goes there. Goes, goes there. There's when we go there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can say, you can say, tune into, tune into that bigger part of ourselves. I feel that they are still doing a very important and very true and very present spiritual practice. And in the Hindu temple, when everyone sings to the divine, mm. to Ganesha, that mm. only represents the opening of doors and the overcoming of obstacles. And that just reminds us that with peace, with patience, we have a... My dog agrees with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we have, a, we have a strength in temperance and in calmness mm. that Ganesha mm. reminds us. And in the end, they are only archetypes. Mm. But before we get to the archetypes, uh, yes. what one you... Um, I wanted to explore... Mm. You talked about this collective experience of mm -hmm. oneness, one could say. Mm -hmm. um, but when you don't have access to these collective experiences, how mm. do you, the yoga, in your personal life, uh, when you're alone, how do you connect uh, to this peace? So Is it through meditation? It's through meditation. Mm. It's through japa. I do japa every day. What is japa? Japa is uh, that Hindu slash Tibetan uh, rosary. Okay. That you do a mantra. Okay. In okay. repetition, just to train your mind and to let your mind cease mm. the usual day-to-day problem-solving behavior and starts to be just at peace and at ease. So I do meditation in the morning, I do japa at night and of course I use the tarot to connect, mm. I use astrology to connect, I use books because I'm a bit intellectual in that sense, uh, sometimes too much. Uh, so books, studying, writing, journaling helps, journaling. Me, yes. helps me a lot mm. to connect. 
talking with friends, mm. <laughs> having experiences, traveling. I guess it is a very good eye opener. Um, I'm glad you you brought this to the table because I I really think it's it's essential for us to hmm. to also understand that a spiritual life is what you were saying in the beginning. A true spiritual life is not only taking one hour every day to meditate, but is of course bringing not. these practices. No, because and this if, piece we, to your if we if we are life. if we are saying that we are spiritual hmm. and we meditate 40 minutes, one hour, 10 minutes whatever and then we go about our lives like being a crazy ego uh well we are being as good as the catholics that go to mass and mm -hmm. then practice nothing that christ said mm -hmm. to practice that ultimately is the love and is the fellowship mm -hmm. of everyone right mm -hmm. so i feel like spirituality is um it's a 24 7 work mm -hmm. it's a work for life and it's a work of even when you are working on a company and you are having struggles with your fellow mm. uh, co-workers and all that it's like yeah When you arrive to your desk and you are alone, take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. And you are being spiritual. Take a step back sometimes. When we feel enraged, when we feel fear, when we feel sad, when we feel proud, when we feel too happy, mm. when we feel ah, those emotions. ah, And all of a sudden we are being the persona that wants that raising in our salary so let's fight with everyone let's take a step back mm -hmm. and sometimes i i learned this in uh in my retreat in the osho uh, meditation resort in Pune. well i don't is... even have to ask the questions you just you just read my mind i give you i give you the answers <laughs> i give you the answers of the questions that were not made uh but yeah for example in that retreat Uh, they taught uh, so this a, a this retreat did, this was where this retreat this Osho this retreat? was in Pune in uh, okay. India okay. in the state of Maharashtra is this actually the the Osho that that was Osho? the oh, house wow. of Osho okay. Okay. that was mm. the house of Osho uh, but uh, yeah just to finish with the exercise it's like find for yourself something that you do every single day mm that you put as a trigger for you to know that you need to breathe deeply and to come back to the present moment. So, for example, for some people, it's pressing the enter uh, key on the computer. For some people, it's calling the elevator. For some people, is when they bring the phone, they, they take the phone and they put it on. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's when they enter a division. Mm. Sometimes find some trigger. Mm -hmm. find something something you that you do every day and that you can okay here i can i can breathe mm. in this moment because meditation can be a very easy thing to do even with your headphones on the metro on the bus 
walking, you can just breathe and be with yourself and take a bit into consideration what your body is saying, what your emotions are saying, what your mind is saying, and then go about your life because we are here to live to and to put our energy to work. Mm. But try doing that when you're angry. <laughs> Yeah, it can happen. We are human and we should forgive ourselves uh, and we should accept that we have that dark part too. But yeah, sometimes when you feel the anger coming, if you meditate, that's for sure. You feel it coming and you know that you have to take a step back mm. because the ego will, will rise. The ego will do its mm -hmm. thing. And it's like, yeah, I'm talking the ego a little bit like <laughs> someone is talking about the devil. And it's good too, it's good. But it's like, yeah, enraged, it's better to take uh, to take care and to drip, uh, breathe deeply, mm. of course. That's it for the first part of this episode. If you enjoyed listening, I invite you to tune in for the second segment where we will explore more in detail what that all is really about. Is it as weird as people say? Uh, or can it actually be used as another spiritual practice, another normal spiritual practice that we integrate in our lives? Um, if you are already curious about Diogo's work, I invite you to check the links that I will leave on the description of this episode. And of course, last but not least, I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful, magic day. And thank you for listening. Bye! Bye.